Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries, a podcast about the interesting characters from our surveying and spatial industry and their unique perspectives on life and our industry. I'm Peter Cox and I use my 25 years of contacts as a surveyor and teacher to dig deep into the lives of others. Each fortnight, I delve into the life and times of people from all over the world who share the same profession and passions. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel, like, comment, feel free to share with your friends. Do you have a question about the surveying or spatial industry? Or would you like to join me for a chat? Or would you like to hear from someone in particular? If so, send me a message on LinkedIn or Instagram and we can catch up. This week, join me while I chat to Armin Dervishevic from Transport for New South Wales. So grab your drink, sit back and relax while we have that chat. Defining Boundaries with Peter Cox. Hi and welcome to Defining Boundaries. Today my guest is Armin Dovisevic. Armin is the Acting Relationship Technical Manager for Sydney in the Technical Services of Infrastructure and Place for Transport New South Wales. Armin has played a major role in the leadership of surveying within the RMS and Transport for New South Wales. Armin was born in Bosnia-Herzegovina, growing up there during his early years and later moving to Parramatta. His career aspirations were to be an engineer. He has been in the surveying industry for 15 years and before that he worked as a waiter. He has won awards in Taekwondo and equal first in his year at school. Welcome Armin and thanks for joining me. Thank you, pleasure to be here Peter. How did I go with uh, pronouncing your last name? Not too bad, Um, it's actually pronounced Dervishevic but not many people get it right necessarily so Dervisevic is quite okay with me. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah, um, there's probably a lot of people that uh, wouldn't get that one right. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I've, I've had a few doozies already, so. <laughs> Doing well. One in, in the line of them. So, Armin, tell me about yourself. So, you were born overseas. Um, you spent some time growing up there. Um, what was that like? Yeah, look, uh, like you mentioned, I, I was born in, in Bosnia, um, in Sarajevo. So, lived there until, uh, well, until the war started in the 90s. And then we, we migrated um, to, to Australia in about 1995, 96. And uh, yeah, been, been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up overseas, obviously very different than in Australia, but um, yeah, they all got their goods and their bads, I suppose. So yeah, it's all about having different life experiences and learning from them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So how old were you when you actually moved over to Australia? Ooh, I was about 10 years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so quite a, quite young. Yeah. Yeah. And um, any other brothers or sisters? Yeah, yeah I've got an older brother. Um, he's two years older than me. And yeah, he's, uh, he's also um, lives in, uh, in the Central Coast. Okay. Um, but yeah, just, just two siblings, two brothers. Yeah, nice. Um, so you obviously moved to Parramatta, went to school there. So did you do primary and high school within the Parramatta area or? Yeah, interesting story actually. Um, so in Bosnia, I was um, in year year one when the war started and then 
kind of skipped a lot of schooling. And then when, I, when we arrived to, to Australia, we, um, we did a, like an English school for about eight to 10 months. And then I, I started year, year seven. So it was a bit of a, a, bit of a gap, gap for me. I missed a lot of my primary school days, but uh, wow. yeah, still, still turned out all right for the most part. <laughs> so did you leave high school um, in year 12? Yes, so I completed year 12 and then went to the University of New South Wales and studied surveying there for, uh, I think at the time it was a four-year degree, but mm -hmm. in true fashion, I failed maths and did it in five years. So, <laughs> so, so what attracted you to surveying, um, going straight from high school straight into uni, into, in, into the surveying? Again, that, that was kind of a circumstantial thing. I. I never really aspired to be a surveyor when I was, was growing up. Um, in fact, I picked a number of other uh, professions as my preference when going to university, including electrical, mechanical and civil engineering, but uh, ended up landing in surveying uh, really just because of uh, my marks. They, they weren't, I guess, high enough to get into some of the other courses. Um, so I didn't know too much about surveying, but when it, when it became kind of clear that I was going to uh, consider it as, as a career or as a study area. I uh, dwelled a little bit deeper into it and actually found out it resonated quite quite well with me and I'm, I'm glad I chose it. Yeah, it's funny that you say that you didn't get the marks to, to, to get into other things in uni. I've spoken to a few a few people along the way in my career who have said exactly the same thing that um, they kind of fell into it because they couldn't get into what they actually wanted to do at the time and um, so you don't regret uh, the decision then? <laughs> no, I mean you only have to look at how many grumpy looking civil and mechanical engineers are around <laughs> the place and how many happy surveyors are around the place to, <laughs> to know that you've made the right decision. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, so you, you're you're in an acting position at the moment um, as a technical manager. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that, but also tell me what your normal position is? Sure. So the role I'm currently acting in is um, very much focused on interaction with uh, with our project teams and making sure that um, projects are resourced appropriately to be delivered um, on time and on budget in terms of technical resources. So that's what I've been doing for the last few months. Um, my substantive role is Director of Surveying and Transport for New South Wales. And in that role, I look after the capability um, and the technical knowledge related to surveying and mm -hmm. making sure that our projects um, are internally are resourced appropriately with, with surveying expertise, whether that is from our internal resources or through engagement with the private markets. And that covers everything from cadastral surveys to utility locating to, to engineering detail surveys uh, amongst other things. Mm. Yeah, so um, we work with around 110 surveyors. So we've got a quite a, quite a, quite a large discipline, a good culture. Mm -hmm. and, and that's uh, yeah, across, a, across New South Wales? Yeah, it's across New South Wales. There's a, there's a number of offices where surveyors um, undertake their work. Um, mm. Hunter region, sorry, Newcastle, Grafton, Parks, Wagga Wagga and Wollongong primarily, but a few small other ones as well. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, 
so you've got a pretty a pretty full-on job being the the manager of all survey of new south wales um did you actually have aspirations of being a manager um within the surveying industry when when you sort of started your career no certainly not i started my career in surveying probably pretty much like everyone else has which is survey assistant um doing a part-time during during uni um bashing bashing pegs into <laughs> clay um 40 degree heat <laughs> <laughs> didn't really aspire to be a manager at the time just wanted to get through the day um then i then my career kind of took a bit of a different turn i actually joined uh, another government corporation as a as a as a graduate engineer worked there for a while um, then worked at Bankstown City Council for about three years as a surveyor. Mm -hmm. um, then I guess I got my taste of leading teams there, where I led a few few teams that were doing uh, drainage pit inspections. Um, then moved over to um, what's now called Endeavour Energy uh, in the electrical sector. Yeah, and over there led a team of of GIS, but also. Uh, spatial acquisition officers that will basically record workers executing information as new cables and ducts were being laid. So, so that's where I kind of really, I guess, formally realized I did enjoy leading teams. Mm. Um, and then from, from then on joined the RMS uh, as a manager and uh, subsequently transferred to New South Wales as a director of surveying. So if I look back on it, I never really intended to, to go down that path, but, um, I think my exposure to various different uh, industries and, um, and sectors, uh, plus that I did move around a bit, uh, kind of uh, resulted in me leading teams, which is, uh, well, which is good for me and uh, hopefully good for the people that I'm leading. <laughs> did you become registered? No, I never got registered. And it's actually quite, an quite unfortunate because I, I never really had the, that opportunity coming out of uni to work with a registered land surveyor to, to obviously get registered or become a candidate. Um, so, and I do know that a number of other surveyors industry find that quite tough. Um, I guess all I can say is that um, for, for those registered land surveyors out of industry that are looking to take on a candidate to, to really, you know, search and offer those opportunities to those young surveyors because there are probably a number of them out there who would like to have that, um, who would like to get registered, but maybe don't have that opportunity. So, um, yeah, that's probably the primary reason I didn't get registered. And as I progressed in my career, it didn't really make sense to go back and do it. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. So what are your biggest challenges at the moment? Um, and what are the most exciting aspects you see in your profession in where you are i think the biggest challenge for for everyone in the profession including myself is just just making sure that the industry continues to evolve um, particularly around some of the technologies that are um, you know we call them i guess emerging technologies but they really are probably current um, so you know things like remotely powered aircraft and use of that, those types of tools to complement survey activities on the tech surveys. Um, too often, I guess I see now uh, that potential area where surveyors can really 
leave the, the sector being taken over by non-surveyors um, yep. in terms of surveying and data acquisition. So I, I think that's really quite quite a shame to see that happen. Mm -hmm. um, so I think as an industry, we all got to embrace the technology. Um, and um, I guess it's up to, to the leaders in the, leaders in the industry to, to really drive that. Um, yeah, but I would say adopting technology is, is one of the biggest hurdles. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking about um, technology and new things and stuff, you've been at the forefront of the education and implementation of locating within the industry. Um, what motivated you to, to pursue that? Oh, yes. So one thing that we've noticed, well, one thing in, in transport for New South Wales survey discipline that we do have is a quite a strong cohort of, of surveyors who undertake utility locating. Mm -hmm. um, and that is obviously quite an important aspect of developing and delivering new infrastructure. And um, we always saw, or even I always saw, how good um, how good a locator a surveyor can make, but how bad a surveyor a locator can make as well. So um, I'm, I'm very much an advocate of, of getting as many surveyors through TAFE to actually take up a career in utility locating. Mm -hmm. um, because like I said earlier, it's probably another area where surveyors are just a natural fit because we understand measuring the land and understand maps and coordinates. And um, this is one area that surveyors really should be um, trying to focus their business mindset around. Um, there is certainly a lot of work around uh, for utility locating and surveyors are well placed to undertake that work, I think. Yeah. Um, we're in the middle of a pandemic at the moment. Um, has that changed the way that you work? It's changed the way I work, definitely. I'm very much uh, based from the office. Um, whereas a lot of our field crews probably haven't been as effect affected as much. They're still out and about with obviously the appropriate COVID, um, COVID uh, risk measures in place. But yeah, for myself, it's been quite a challenge. It's, it's quite difficult to, to lead teams remotely. Um, it's still always good to be around people and interact with them on a regular basis without having to necessarily dial in um, yeah. which is what often happens with, with the likes of Zoom and MS Teams. So yeah, it's been, it's been a bit of a challenge, but at the same time, there are, there are benefits of it, including the amount of productivity you can get by working from, from home and not having to travel as much. Um, I guess in the post-COVID economy, um, probably a good, good mix of both will, will be the, the right mix. Yeah, yeah, you... Um... It is nice to have that personal contact when when you've got teams to to try and run and and yeah just have that personal contact and and instead of doing the Zoom thing, I think everybody's probably getting a bit sick of Zoom now. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's interesting. You kind of you roll out of the bed in the morning, you're at work, and you roll out of work right into your bed sometimes. So that's quite. Uh, those boundaries of working from home and, and um, sorry, of, of working and being at home have been blurred, I would say, by COVID. Not yeah. necessarily for the worst, but uh, I think just like with everything else, you've got to find the right balance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so you went to uni and you got a degree. Um, 
do you think that a degree is necessary to uh, in the industry to achieve success? No, I certainly don't think so. Um, qualification certainly helps, um, and I would encourage anyone to, you know, either either do a degree in surveying or or go through TAFE. Um, it all depends on where you potentially see your career, and you don't have to make that call from the from straight from the start. You can always evolve your thinking, but um, you know, if you do have the opportunity to to take a degree on, um, by all means. Um, but otherwise, yeah, the but there's some fantastic TAFE courses around um, diploma of surveying that that uh, people can undertake, and many many surveyors are opting to do that. And, um, certainly, um, that skill set is very well sought after in the industry. Hmm. How do you see the profession changing in the next ten years? Um, I think we will become more. We will be adopting a lot more technology yeah. um, in the profession. Uh, particularly as some of the sensors, like laser scanning, for example, becomes more, more widescreen and more, um, more cheaper to use. And obviously, mm -hmm. drones will have a, a large impact on, on the industry. And I think uh, as long as we keep evolving, that's one growth area that we will um, definitely contribute towards. Um, the, move by, the move towards uh, BIM and digital engineering will also impact surveyors. I think we'll yeah. have to get a lot more, um, lot more responsive to, to 3D modeling and, and things like that. Um, a lot of those things are not necessarily driven by surveyors, but again, we're very, very well placed to provide those services to, to the clients. Mm. So um, I also hope that the profession itself will become a bit more diverse. Um, I think I saw a report come out the other might have been the other day or someone forwarded to me the other day and it was a uh, 96% male registered land survey. So that's, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it might have been 94, but it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I mean, you look at figures like that, particularly in, in, the, in the sort of registered land surveying area, it's, it, is, it is troubling to see something like that. But um, hopefully we'll see those scales tip, uh, uh, tip a little bit at least for the next number of years. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, I've noticed um, each year that there seems to be, you know, an extra one or two um, ladies going through um, the register or the, the university or registration process. You know, we get a few more going through through TAFE now than what we probably did before. So um, I think it's just that um, keep getting out there, keep letting everybody know that it is a, a profession that anybody can do exactly and you know again case in point earlier um with, with some of the technologies that surveyors need to need to or are adopting to like drones and things like that hopefully those things uh, resonate with not just the you know the males but also the females mm -hmm. um so yeah perhaps the, the profession is starting to look a bit more uh, a bit more attractive to, to everyone yeah yeah who has had the biggest impact on your career and it can be more than one person <laughs> um impact wise personally you know but perhaps my wife you know just uh, just <laughs> having her there to support me it is mm -hmm. obviously quite uh, quite good um in terms of role models and things like that probably don't have any um it's all been kind of just a, 
uh, me and my wife as a team, I suppose. Okay. Uh, it's always, I think, important to have someone in your personal life that does support you um, in your career and, and vice versa, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess role models themselves, they, they kind of come and go, don't they? When you're younger, you've got different role models as opposed to when you're older as well. So it's yeah. good to have some sort of grounding. Yeah. Uh, well, in your days of surveying, um, what was the worst thing that um, happened to you? Yeah. Days of surveying. Well, I guess I, I could say it was the war when I was younger in Bosnia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't think um, nothing really stands out. I don't. I don't tend to kind of dwell on the past too much. Obviously, when when do, things do happen, you you gotta you gotta work through them. But um, there's nothing really I kind of look back on and think of as a, as a negative experience that's affecting me in some way. Um, yes, I can't really point anything out specifically. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, what's the best work advice that you've ever heard? Um, ever heard? Not sure, but I mean, I could certainly give some advice. Um, no, that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I think one thing that's missing a lot in the workplaces these days is 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 an understanding of what by, by by a lot of employees or what what is an important aspect of the job that their senior managers are doing and what i mean by that is what really matters to the organization and yeah. then seeing yourself and how you can contribute towards that how you can contribute towards that overall vision and where where management sees the, the organization going i think that's quite important to have your your personal career aspirations in line with the business is seeking um, and if you don't have that then you should either find a different career or or just be content with what you're doing for for a prolonged period of time um, yeah yeah I, I guess with that it, it it's also um plays on the the management as well to to clearly um explain to the people in the company where they fit and why they want them to do the things that they're doing as well Exactly. I think modern workplaces could do a lot, lot better with two-way communication, yeah. you know, the management and um, and staff. So yeah, yeah, I fully, fully agree with that. Mm. Um, I think that's the only way to really achieve success if everyone's on the same wavelength. Yep. All right. Um, what's the worst work advice you've ever heard? Oh, worst work advice. Probably I can't recall anything because um, I don't pay attention to bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a good answer. <laughs> yeah, I guess don't. If it doesn't sound right, it probably isn't. Um, That's probably yeah. a good one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when did something start out badly for you, but ended up good or great? And I guess that doesn't have to be in the industry either, thinking of your background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something that started bad and turned great. Um, <laughs> I can't think of anything. Oh, well, I can. You were in the middle of a war and you came to Australia and look where you are now. <laughs> maybe maybe that's, uh, that's part of that outlook, isn't it? 
Um, yeah. Yeah, look, certainly, I guess um, the opportunities you, you get in, in Australia are quite, quite phenomenal. And I think uh, people don't necessarily realise how, how lucky they are to live in a country that where you can pretty much be, I guess, anything you want to be within, yeah. within reason. Um, you know, myself and my family coming from not having much at all, and then to, to be able to kind of uh, just look, you know, myself and my brother, you know, have both have a university education, mm. um, you know, families, homes, etc., all through hard work um, is is kind of kind of good. And I don't think you get those opportunities in, in some of the other countries. Yeah. Um, we, we probably often don't reflect on how lucky we are. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that don't realise how lucky they are to be here, that's for sure. Yeah, that's part of, I guess, learning through your own experiences. Yeah, yeah. Um, what quote or saying um, do you hear people um, say um, that you think is complete BS? Or do you just ignore those as well? <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, look, I don't, I can't, I can't think of one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one then. Uh, do you read? Yeah, I do actually. Um, okay. Or I have a lot in the past. Um, in terms of what, what I read, um, might sound a bit corny, but I used to read a lot of, uh, I guess, fantasy novels, um, in terms, you know, Lord of the Rings and yep. Game of Thrones and things like that. Um, probably have a lot less time for that now, but um, uh, at the moment, the, the books that I read most recently would be would be some of the study books because I'm actually doing a university course at the moment. So I read a few public sector management textbooks, which are oh. a great read. I highly recommend them to anyone. <laughs> now, was that sarcasm? <laughs> no, no, certainly not. Um, yeah, look, I think it is important to, to read, no matter what it is. It kind of gives you a, gives you a window into someone else's um, line of thinking, you know, whether it's a, it's a made-up story, whether it's fiction, non-fiction. Yeah. It matter. It's important to, to read, otherwise, um, yeah, you, you kind of fail to learn from others. Yeah. So what's the most interesting thing that you've read this week then? Oh, it would have to be the news, right? With what's happening in America with Donald Trump and just how that whole, whole system is completely turned its head. You, you, you cannot see a storyline that isn't more ridiculous than the <laughs> um, Kind of makes you feel good about your own life when you see how, <laughs> how things, some things are really going downhill. Yeah, yeah. What motivates you? Um, what motivates me? Probably, probably the family. Mm -hmm. Kind of grounded in terms of um, where, where, I, where I want to go, what I want to do. Um, yeah. You know, when you're doing something for some for someone else, um, in terms of working and having a successful career, it's it's kind of a good thing to have a, a family unit behind you. Mm. What's your guilty pleasure? PlayStation 4. <laughs> Again, I don't have much time for that, but uh, yeah. But do you once want... every few months, it's good to fire it up for a couple of hours. <laughs> do you, so you have kids? 
Yeah, yeah, I've got two boys. One, uh, one is a two-year-old and one is an eight-year-old. So okay. obviously between the two of them, there's very little time for, uh, for anything else but, but, but playing with them. Yeah. Them yeah, definitely. And um, they probably don't get much of uh, gaming time at that age either. Probably a bit more than they should, especially <laughs> with the iPad. Uh, yeah, that's probably one advice I would give to anyone. Play keep iPad away from the kids. <laughs> I haven't really, haven't really succeeded greatly in that, that regard. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think you're the only one. <laughs> Where's the most unusual place that you've been? Unusual place. Um, Have you travelled much? Look, I've, I've travelled in a few few countries in Europe. Um, I can tell you probably uh, one one place that did really surprise me was um, was Hawaii when, when we visited there. I kind of thought it was going to be a bit of a you know overrated place, but yeah. yeah, I think that's that's a must visit for anyone really. It's it's a fantastic little um, holiday destination, and I couldn't uh, recommend it highly enough. Did um yeah. did you just stay on the main island or you went to some of the other islands? Well, not even that. We just stayed on the main island because yeah. we were with, with our firstborn then. But obviously, there's a, a kind of lot of things you could do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I find Hawaii quite quite pleasant. Um, it's pretty nice, isn't it? Pretty nice. Yeah, I would highly recommend that to anyone if they mm -hmm. haven't been after COVID's over. If it's well, over. Yeah. So um. So you said you're married. How did you meet the love of your life? Well, we just uh, out one night and met through friends, really. Yeah. Um, well, At university days or after university? Yeah, I'm trying to think now. I think it was just just towards the end. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. My university days were kind of blurred by the last year where I had to kind of redo some of the subjects. <laughs> Mathematics in particular, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, uh, that was 13, 14 years ago, I think now. Yeah, and you've been married for a while? Yeah, 11 years, yes. Nice. So how do you relax? Putting kids to bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's nothing like uh, that hour or so after the kids have gone to bed and you can just sit there and think in your own head isn't it <laughs> yeah it's, it's, a, it's a bit like that um relaxing wise do do like to go to you know outdoors to the beach um also doing things around the house um building things is kind of something i like to do yeah actually um just just finished building a wood fire pizza in the backyard and that was uh, that was my iso project for the last few months nice so, I do like to get my get my hands dirty with a project. Yeah, excellent. Okay, if you would, uh, would you rather have a real get out of jail card or a key that opens any door? Well, I think key that opens every door uh, sounds more more interesting, doesn't it? Okay. Um, a lot more possibilities with that one rather yep. than. Uh, <laughs> Get out of jail card. <laughs> probably jail because you've done something wrong. So <laughs> we could do the time. 
<laughs> if you could go back in history, where would you go and why? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I think we, we tend to embellish history quite a bit. Um, we're living probably in a time now of kind of unprecedented um, wealth and, and, and good living. But uh, I don't know, maybe go back to three or 4,000 BC and be a pharaoh of Egypt. That would be oh, almost, yeah. almost on par with being director of surveying. <laughs> Egypt was my choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I guess just seeing some of those cult ancient cultures and how they how those societies work, it kind of makes you wonder when you when you read or watch about them how, how the whole system was set up and, and then some how some of those things just ended quite abruptly. I'd be quite interested to see that. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I've got a a return ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give, I'll give you the return ticket, okay? <laughs> if you had a superpower, what would it be? Uh, maybe not to sleep, <laughs> not to have to sleep. Oh. I think we do a lot, much, lot more, uh, have a lot more leisure time, yeah? Because um, we do, we spend quite a bit of time at work and, yeah. you know, I'm sure I'm not the only one of people who are exhausted and yeah, it would be just nice not to have to sleep seven or eight hours a day, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at a party, where would someone find you? Probably, probably at the bar, ordering a drink. <laughs> if you had the, um, would you make the same choices again if you had a do-over? Um, yeah, look, I think I definitely would. There isn't much that I guess, you know, I guess I regret. So mm -hmm. I, I would definitely do make, make the same choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. So that uh, pretty much sums up the questions I have for you. Uh, I just have a few quick shots so I want to fire at you. So yeah. all you got to do is say yes, no, hot, cold, um, and uh, we'll see what comes out of it. Oh, Coffee or tea? Tea. Cat or dog? Dog. Sunrise or sunset? Sunrise. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Roller coasters, do you love or hate them? Oh, I hate them. <laughs> hate them with a passion. Can never get used to them. I don't know why everyone would put themselves willingly through that. <laughs> Three items you would take to a desert island? Uh, water, PlayStation 4, <laughs> and a book. And a book. <laughs> uh, do you have a favourite song? No, no. Favourite artist? No. Okay. Favourite movie? Oh, yeah, probably... Oh, Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably watched that movie the most amount of times. Okay. Favourite book? Uh, no, don't have one. No. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. Is your glass half full or half empty? It's always empty if I'm at the, <laughs> I'm at the bar trying to get it. <laughs> what about in life? <laughs> um, half full. 
yeah, you gotta be half half full kind of person, right? Yep. Yep. But I like that your glass is empty and you're at the bar. <laughs> yes. One thing you'd never do again. Um Go on a roller coaster. <laughs> Fortunately, I was going to say that, but the kids always insist. So I think I'll, I'll probably end up doing that again at some stage. Um, probably do university maths again. Wouldn't do that. Calculus. Calculus. <laughs> if you had a warning label, what would it be? Um, no, I wouldn't have one. I'm I'm kind of open to having uh, anyone approach me about anything. So no. Nice. Who knows you best? Um, I would have to say my eldest son. Yeah, mm -hmm. I tend to know how to push your buttons, children. Yeah. Too. <laughs> That's kids for you, isn't it? Uh, favorite subject in school. Yeah, physics. I enjoy physics. I think it's kind of like maths, but for a reason, right? Mm. <laughs> kind of like surveying. You're kind of applying maths for something yeah. that's it's quite obvious. Yeah, mm. yeah definitely. Your favourite childhood memory? Um, ooh. I can't think of one. Okay. Favourite food? Pizza. Favorite drink? Uh, Johnny Walker. Black uh, label. Black label, yeah. <laughs> not, not the red one. No. <laughs> Your pet peeve? Um, just negative people. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Win the lottery or the perfect job? Win the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Although it depends on how much, right? Yeah, 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 definitely. Your biggest fear? Um, I guess not, not having a purpose is, is something that is a bit of a fear. Not that I feel like I don't have a purpose, but yeah, I think that's something that we should all strive to have. Yeah. Purpose okay. and goal. Mm, Favourite sport? Soccer. Morning or night person? Morning, definitely. You'd have to be right if you're in surveying. Uh, <laughs> no. <yeah>. No. <laughs> like getting up at 4.30 to start work at 5.30, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably the part of the job that I hated. <laughs> yeah, well, coffee helps with that, doesn't it? Medicates that condition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Your proudest moment? Um, probably, you know, having two children, proudest mm -hmm. moment. Um, yeah, definitely. Yep. I think competes for that. Yeah, yeah. Dream car? Uh, well, this is one of those things that kind of evolves. You know, if you asked me five, ten years ago, I would have come up with whatever is Lamborghini or, or, yeah. or Porsche or whatever. But, but now I'm quite content to drive my 
2013 Mitsubishi ASX. And, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't change it just because too much, it's too much effort changing the car. <laughs> so yeah, Mitsubishi yeah, ASX okay. 2013 model <laughs> turbo Nice. What's your favourite colour? Um, just probably black, the colour of my car. Mm -hmm. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cool are you? Ooh. One being the coolest or? One being the worst, <laughs> 10 being the coolest. I'll just, I'll just go with 5. Nice and done. Yeah. <laughs> Apple or Android? Oh, Android, yeah, Apple, terrible. And I've got both devices, so I can I can say it with uh, with, with you know with confidence that Android is definitely a more flexible operating system. Okay, uh, movie of your life, who'd play you? Who'd play me? Um, I'm gonna go with Brad Pitt. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> He's a great actor. <laughs> he is. Yes, he is. Your star sign? Uh, Gemini. Ah, oh, Gemini. Very cool. All right. Well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Armin. I've enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, um, it was a pleasure to be here. Thanks. So just before we go, uh, do you have any social media platforms you'd like to share or any causes that you'd like to promote? Um, no, look, probably I don't have any, any sort of social media platforms to share. Um, causes, nothing specific, but, you know, I do encourage people if you do have some time to spare or some, some dollars to spare to donate to your favourite charity. Um, yeah, especially with some of the things that you see happening overseas in terms of wars. Yeah. So, um, yeah, kind of, I'm always happy to, to lend a hand to, to refugees out there, particularly for some of the war-torn countries. So, yeah, if you can dig deep for those, please please do so. But no, I don't have a specific uh, charity I'd like to kind of nominate or anything like that. No, that's okay. It's uh, some, some good causes there that you you've mentioned in trying to support, and it's not hard, is it? No, it's not, especially these days where you can just uh, do it in two or three seconds online. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks again. Um, I really enjoyed it and we'll have to try and catch up soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Armin. Come back in a fortnight for another great episode. Defining boundaries with Peter Cox.